This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has yet come for the Lord's house to be built. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. It is a time, is it time for you yourselves to be living in your panelled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but have harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages, only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build the house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honoured, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why? declares the Lord Almighty. Because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with his own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its corpse crops. I prayed for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, and whatever ground produces, on men and cattle, and on the labour of your hands. This is the word of God. The second reading this morning is taken from the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 8, and begins at verse 34. Then he called the crowd to him, along with his disciples, and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, and take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it what good is it for a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul or what can a man give in exchange for his soul if anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation the son of man will be ashamed of him when he comes in in his father's glory with the holy angels. This is the word of the Lord. Just tempted to just refer to that passage in Haggai. It describes most of the women in the church. You put on clothes, but you're never warm. Sorry. I just know that most of our households have war over the thermostat. So. <clears throat> so, Father, would you speak to us this morning, we pray, uh, in, in the way that each of us needs to hear you, so that we would uh, be your obedient servants. Amen. So, uh, it may seem like I've been, I've, I've been doing a lot of the preaching this uh, month, um, and that's because I have. Uh, but next month, I promise you, will be different. Uh, it's just there are several topics that I wanted to look at uh, before we get into our sort of Lent readings and so on. So today, oh, can I, um, can we try and chuck it up? 
put my thing up. Was that going to PowerPoint? Oh, look, there we go. Can we just... Let's, yeah, no, that's fine. So today, uh, we wanted to talk about stewardship uh, and giving. Come back. Don't, don't go. Don't go. I could almost feel... No, not you. <laughs> I could always feel the switches going, right? Yeah. I told him specifically earlier that he could go. So, um, so there are lots of different ways to talk about the subjects of giving and stewardship, um, but I want to use a few of the uh, materials from the diocese uh, as well as our own focus. And it just seemed to me that as I was preparing uh, that the real challenge for us as Bream is that stewardship and, and, and how that works out in finance uh, is really is crucial to our, who, what our priorities are and our commitment to Jesus. When, when Jesus says, where do, you, where do you place your value? Where do you place your highest value, your treasure? And we often preach about stewardship because <clears throat> there's not enough money in the church or we've got to cover the budget or, or whatever it is. But in reality, it's all about our followership, followership of Jesus. Um, now, I'm going to crack a joke now, but it's not my joke, so it's like Darson joke. So I'll put my hand up when you need to laugh, okay? Um, and I had to change the picture because the picture that they had chosen of a pig was of a boar. And I just thought, that is just so not helpful. So, a pig complaining about his lack of popularity says to the cow how, it is, how is it that people go on about how gentle you are and what kind eyes you've got and all they say about me is like an insult when they say you're a pig the pig says I know you give lots of milk and cream but we, pigs, <coughs> we pigs give far more than that bacon, pork, ham people even eat our feet I don't know why you cows are so highly thought of well, says the cow, maybe it's because we give while we're still alive. Okay. So, um, the message from Haggai in that reading is very similar, that people have forgotten how to give and what giving's all about. And uh, we'll, we'll refer to that in Timothy as well in a moment. But uh, in in Haggai's case, people had lost uh, their attitude to, to wealth had become skewed and they'd lost sight of what it is and where it comes from. So uh, it's very easy to get money and wealth and things in the wrong perspective uh, because you, you and I are, are built to worship and uh, if we just go with the flow, we tend to end up worshipping the wrong things. So we, we ha I think we are, God made us to worship, but if we don't very deliberately worship God and we don't very deliberately uh, do things, then we end up worshipping the wrong things. So it's, if we just go with the flow, and I know lots of us like to go with the flow, uh, we end up in the wrong place. So, um, and we all know this beautiful... verse from Matthew uh, chapter 6 what did, Matthew, what did Jesus say in Matthew 6 before he said seek first the
the kingdom. Let me read it to you. So don't worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So he says, life is not about what shall we eat, and what shall we drink, and what shall we wear. The pagans run after all these things. Running after these things does sound a bit like worship to me. But our Father knows that we need them. He doesn't say they're not important, but he knows that we need them. And the right priority is not to run after those things, but is to seek first the kingdom of God, and then God will put those other things in place. So it's really dangerous that our wealth and our pensions and our cars and everything else start to bring us security uh, but it should be kingdom stuff that comes first now um, I'm going to refer a little bit to Haggai so I'm just going to give you a little bit off my phone about Haggai if I can get it in focus so just so you know Haggai, the prophet Haggai recorded his four messages to the Jewish people in about 520 BC which was 18 years after they'd returned from exile in Babylon. The picture of Haggai begins to come into focus. He was an older man looking back on the glories of his nation, a prophet imbued with a passionate desire to see his people rise up from the ashes of exile and to reclaim their rightful place as God's light to the nation's. So in chapter 1, he brings this challenge and says, is it right that um, that you're building lovely houses for yourselves and the temple of God lies in ruins? You're busy looking after yourself and your projects but there's not enough money for the kingdom. So it's still a challenge to us, isn't it? We're not trying to build a temple, but I still find, I still find that quite challenging. You know, what are my priorities? And my priorities about uh, making sure that I've got all the nice stuff, or are they about the kingdom first? Um, God lives in us and among us, and he needs us. Uh, to seek first the kingdom so he says Haggai says this from God is it really a time for you to be building your own houses when my house is in ruins and I guess that just challenges us constantly about what place God has in our lives so Haggai says this consider your ways I'm not sure where the quote underneath comes from but it's, it's good isn't it I want you to find a place for God at the center of your personal life and at the center of your financial life and at the center of where your energy is absorbed. So what we give to God and how we live is to be at the center of everything, not to be the leftovers. 
God doesn't, uh, it, did, did God say the greatest commandment is this? Love me with whatever energy you've got left over when you've done everything else. No, he said, I want you to love me with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, with everything, not just uh, the leftovers. I have had conversations with people in churches, not this one, where people have said to me, so, you know, we're meant to tithe. Is that, are we meant to tithe what's left over when we've paid everything for the week and for the month and so so, if, I, if that's what we were tithing there wouldn't be a lot would there uh, but God says the silver is mine the gold is mine I'm going to look at some principles that uh, I found that found on the diocesan site in a minute but we have to remember that the silver and gold that we have the house, the car, everything comes from God and I think this says it still belongs to God even when it's in our bank accounts it still belongs to God so Timothy jumps in and says this command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain but to put their hope in God remember what Jesus said in Matthew your father knows that you need these things but seek first the kingdom and then again another unknown quote it's not Jesus uh, but it says this money is the sacrament of seriousness because basically our attitude towards money is a massive measure of how much Jesus is lord of our lives it's, it is definitely in my opinion our wallet that gets converted last and so you can tell that by the fact that often with the offering there's pound coins and 2p pieces and things like that coming in and you just go I'm, I'm not sure that 2p pieces show a sign of outrageous generosity back to God in reply for his outrageous generosity uh, but it may, be, it may be everything you've got in your pocket in which case it is outrageous generosity um, but our wallets do take a while to convert so what I give the offering that I make expresses the value I place on all that God gives me and there is, a, there is a thing, I mean I've been saying to various people recently, well it would be lovely if a church, as a church we could do such and such but I know there's no money so it seems that stuff gets snuffed out at the very early stages because we don't have enough money and I know this church is very generous uh, in giving but there is a danger that we as a perhaps a wider church uh, will allow the light of the gospel to grow dim while we get the latest hybrid car or snazzy new music system or whatever it is and just a little aside here I know this is a very awkward thing to talk about but have you written the will and have you written the church into your will because I would really encourage you to do that uh, somebody died not that long ago and didn't make a will 
And I know that they wanted to give virtually all that they had to the church. And the church therefore didn't get any of it because they hadn't written a will. A will is a really easy thing to do. Uh, I can help you. Not saying I'll tell you what to write in the will. But, you know, we, there are people around who will help you write a will for nothing. There's a, I think there's a couple of weeks in the year when solicitors will write a will for you for nothing. Uh, but it would be tragic if you were thinking when I go I want to leave stuff to God's work and you just never got around to it and also statistically I've told you this before people who write a will live longer and that is true that is true but it gets your head thinking doesn't it Um, so do please think about writing a will and we won't, we won't pray you out uh, once we know but it, wouldn't it be amazing to, to you know to die go to be with Jesus and leave enough money to pay for a youth worker uh, for decades you know that we live off people who in the past have given money or set up trusts there's all sorts of grants there's a, there's a grant in the diocese that's got something like 10 million pounds sitting in the bank that every year the, the money off that is given to, to things that we've benefited from because somebody a long time ago decided that when they went or even before they went they would set up a trust uh, that would make a difference and it continues to make a difference year on year uh, and we often live off the generosity of previous generations but we don't necessarily think of doing the same ourselves so uh, Again, this bloke called Bill Peel. Who knows who he is, but I think he's got some good principles about stewardship. So I'm just going to share those with you. There's the principle of ownership. So, like I said earlier, we know that the the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So God owns everything. And we are here to not to take that off him, but we're here to look after it. So that's why we talk about stewardship. We commit ourselves and everything that we are given to God's service Uh, and we ultimately recognise that we don't have the right to control it occasionally I use very occasionally and I should use it more but when we receive the offering we say all things come from you and of your own do we give you so we acknowledge that everything we have comes from God and that we give it back to him then there's the principle of responsibility so we're given all things um, and we're given those things to richly enjoy but because those things don't belong to us we're responsible for how we treat them and what we do with them so this is really tied with what I was talking about eco church a few weeks ago uh, and that sort of thing how we treat the world and how we look after it is really important so owners of stuff have rights over it but stewards have responsibilities we are stewards of the world so we have responsibilities over all the all the things that god gives us and then there's the principle of accountability which we don't talk about that much in church but one day each of us will be called to give an account for what we've done with what god has given us think of the parable of the talents what do you do with that how did you steward it and connected with that we also don't talk about reward very much but Jesus talks about faithful stewards being rewarded 
in several parables. So, so there are a few thoughts to either spur us on uh, or to encourage us or to correct us or to affirm us. I don't know how you receive those. I'm not looking at anybody and saying, oh, you really should be doing better. I'm just telling you what I think the Bible says and it's up to God to um, bring it into land in whichever way he wants. But what we do with what God gives us is a measure of how, where we are spiritually. Shall I say that again? What we do with what gives us, God gives us is a measure of where we are spiritually. And I think that we'll only see deep joy when we learn to have a converted wallet. I, there was a time when we gave somebody rather too much money in a human way and I tell you, it gave us such joy uh, to just be stupid in giving money because we felt that's what God wants us to do. And uh, it just brings you such a freedom to say, no, I'm not going to be held by this money. I'm going to give it uh, where I, th- I think God wants me to give it. And, and it, it is uh, a joyous thing. So uh, God doesn't invite us to say and say, do you know, if you don't mind, could you just give a bit of the money back he, uh, that I've given you? He says it's a command. Uh, but it's a command because he knows that it brings blessing. So, so uh, how, what about us? How fully are we following Jesus when it comes to the things he's given us? Have we received joyfully and then taken everything inside the house and shut the door. I kind of had a picture. I, I, I bet lots of us have had hamsters in our day. And you know, you, you, the hamster's got an empty bowl, so you fill the bowl. So the hamster goes, and their cheeks come out to about here, and they run away and hide it in their bed. That's not meant to be the picture of a Christian. We're meant to receive and joyfully, generously share it. We're meant to be part of God's generous uh, heart. So obviously, uh, we also need money to run this church. Uh, And if you don't know how to give to the church, uh, then it's high time you did, my boy. Uh, no, it's high time you did, but there are, there are leaflets at the back that do explain how we give to the church. Uh, but if you need some help uh, in just knowing how to give to, um, with standing orders and gift aid and all that sort of thing, then do talk to me or Shirley, who's not here. Uh, but it's really important that we uh, learn to do that. So if you need uh, to know any more, or you need to know the church's bank account number uh, or whatever, then do uh, make sure you ask for that. I feel like I should have gone on further. No, that's okay. Let's not do that. So, um, why don't we just pray for a moment in, in quiet again and just, Father, would you speak to each of us um, that we would hear your leading and if there are things in our lives that need uh, a challenge and correcting then help us to be challenged and to put in correction but if it's an affirmation and an encouragement then uh, Lord we rejoice in that as well so just speak to each of us we pray
So, Father, we can never repay your generosity. But we can respond and have generous hearts ourselves. And, Lord, we know that at times it's really difficult to have generous hearts when we feel like uh, we hardly have enough to make ends meet. Uh, And I pray for each of us, whether we're in that place or whether we're in a place of plenty, that you'd help us not to put our hope in things, but to put our hope in God. And Lord, we continue to pray that as we seek first your kingdom, uh, as individual people and as a church, that you would then give us all that we need to see your kingdom come uh, in this life. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.